Excellent. Thank you, Jonathan. Does that mean that you're going to be pranked? No, no. Yeah. I, what I heard you say was an open invitation to prank me. That's, that's what I heard. You can also go to Ignited, campignited.com if you want to sign up. Oh, uh, it's always an absolute blast. I just want to say thank you to Kristen Summer and the band for, for helping us, serving us so wonderfully today and helping us, cr felt like something crack open. Devon, the electric guitarist, was uh, this morning after pre-service prayer, he said to me, I, I feel like today the Lord is going to open up, the Lord is going to be opening up ancient wells. Kristen Summer didn't know that. Three of you are happy about that. We might not know what that means, but you know, it says of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that Isaac, he was, what he was famous for was reopening his father's wells. You know, and that there are, there are ancient wells, which is really deposits of the Holy Spirit, of the purposes of God. Things that he wants to do that have for some reason been short-circuited by the plans and the, uh, the ineptitude of humans. And I remember when we first, uh, within our about first six months of Ash and I being here back in 2009-10, we had uh, Ivan and Isabel Allen. Uh, they are, uh, well, Ivan's with the Lord now, but they're amazing prophetic voices. And she had this picture, I distinctly remember it, of, for Duncan and Kate, of jewels coming up to the surface all around the, them and picking them up. And those jewels representing the things that God has that's been on God's heart that he's wanted to do that have not yet come to fruition. And I don't know about you, but I feel stirred and excited about what God's doing. And about the des and and feel charged with the desire to strike the ground. That that comes from I think two kings somewhere where you know um, Elisha says to the king, "Strike the ground and you'll have defeat over your enemies." And he just strikes the ground three times. And, and Elisha, Elisha, I think it is actually. Sorry, uh, he says, um, "Actually, you should have struck it six or seven times, because if you did, you would have had total destruction of your enemies." And I and I love I love to. I, I believe that God's calling us into that season where we see the total destruction of his enemies and the ground, which is really what we're doing is striking the ground that the river of God would burst forth. Isaiah 35 says that there's streams in the desert where there's burning sands, there'll be pools. And that actually, do you know that you are the salt, you are the fountain of the river of God around you. The river of God flows out of you and I. Where there's burning sands, you are the one that brings around the pools from the power, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we hit it. Some of you, maybe we felt, okay, time to move on, but I don't mind taking a little extra time to hit it. Because actually that's the most important thing that we can do is to engage with God and to follow what God is doing and not be on our agenda, but be on his agenda. And I, 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 all the way through today, this first service and the second, you know, we can prophesy with our worship. We declare with our worship, right? We're not just singing 
to God and worshiping God, which is amazing. I love to do that. But once we've done that, we can actually begin to prophesy to the cities around us. And so as we're singing, we're prophesying Triangle Region. Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, all the other towns that are associated with it. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The Bible says, Habakkuk 2, I think it is, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. So we're prophesying to the north and to the south and to the east and the west, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And we're calling forth the, the vision that I, uh, Ezekiel had, I think it's in 37, 38, where he, has, he sees the vision of the dry bones and the bones come together. 37, isn't it? The bones come together. And then he says, son of, the, the spirit says to him, son of man, can these dry bones live? And he says, only you, Lord, know. And then he says, prophesy to the north and the south and the east and the west. Call forth the wind of heaven. And as he does, the wind of God comes and breath comes into them. And what's, they stand on their feet as a mighty army. What we've been prophesying today is not just for, for Raleigh, Durham, catch, sorry, catch the fire, Raleigh, Durham. It's for every church and every person that's in this region that needs to come alive. And we're declaring and we're prophesying the true identity of who we are in Christ. And so let's, we're in the middle of a sermon series on Transformers. And Jesus, the ultimate transformer. And last week I began to unpack uh, that he, that on the cross, what he's done is he's won for us total victory, that he is the name above all names, that he has had, God has exalted Jesus to the highest place. And Philippians 2, and given him the name that is above every name, that he's far above all principality and power and rule and dominion and every name that can be named. And he is love. And he's good and he's for us. And we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 to 22, it says that God has raised Jesus far above all principality and rule and power. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that we are now in Christ Jesus, in Christ at the right hand of the Father, in a position of authority and rest, seated on the throne with God. And that we are the recipients and the beneficiaries of the victory of God that comes to us through the abundant grace of Jesus Christ. And I, I want us to take, take a little more of a deep dive into that and, and what it means for us as a people. Because the truth of the gospel isn't just the glorious news that Jesus has won the victory over all situations, all over, over all sin, over all sickness, over all of Satan, uh, and he's won the victory over the world, is that we now are included within him. That we are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we're in Christ, Christ is in us, we're in Christ Jesus, and therefore Christ's victory is our victory. Christ's rulership is our rulership. Christ's servanthood is our servanthood. And 
There's a, there may be there's some of us that are here that have been struggling with difficulty and challenge. Maybe we've been struggling with the breakthrough in finances or a job that we've been looking for or an idea that hasn't come to fruition yet or, or a relationship challenge or a son or a daughter or a, a relative that's away from Jesus or, uh, that, or that there's some difficulties with your boss or uh, many other, a myriad of things. The good news of the gospel is that Christ is above all things, that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places and there is no weapon formed against you the Bible says that can prosper nothing can stand against you when the spirit when the enemy comes in like a flood Isaiah says that the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard so you can smile you can take a little a little moment to say that's good news good news is good good news could help you smile (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. We're going to read some of Acts 3 and Acts 4. And um, uh, I'm going to hopefully pull out a, little, a few little things to, uh, to help us um, in this. What does it mean for us to be included in the rule and the realm of Jesus? Okay, so Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. according to my Bible. And a name, sorry, a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. How many of you, when you're faced with a need, put a period at the end of that? I know I do. There are moments in my life where I'm, focused, I'm faced with a particular need and all I'm focused on or all I'm aware of is my lack. I have no silver and gold. I have no ability. I have no way of breakthrough. I have no way of making any difference. I have no way of seeing things change. I've got nothing. And we can so live in our understanding or our awareness of our lack, silver and gold I don't have. I pull up to, and often when we're driving, we, you know, when we pull up to the, the end of the freeway and you're at the, at the traffic light waiting for the lights to turn and there's a, somebody that's there who needs some money and you know, my first response is, oh, I don't have any money. And if I'm feeling really awkward, then I'll turn away and fiddle with the radio so that they don't see me. I don't have to have eye contact. If I'm feeling okay, then I'll wind the window down and go, oh, bless you, brother or, or sister, or can I pray for you? But it's like a, a nice little sympathetic, empathetic prayer. Oh, really sad. Sometimes goes through my mind is, well, don't give them any money because they're probably going to go and spend it on drugs and alcohol. Judgment, 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 judgment. We can be aware of our lack. We can be aware of our shortcomings. So Peter says, look, I have no silver and gold, but the good news of the gospel is that there's no period there. There's a comma. And then he says, and such as I have, what I have, what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. I love that. Just imagine that, the boldness. This is the first time that a miracle has happened after Jesus' crucifixion. Like a public miracle. 
And so, you know, you can, I can imagine maybe this guy, he's been, the Bible, you can read later on in the story, it says he's been there for, he's been, uh, he's 40 years old and he was born that way. How many times do you think he was at the temple if he was carried there daily? He's sitting at the beautiful gate and he hears about this name of Jesus. There's a guy who can heal. There's a guy who can, he can, he can get set free from, but he's still there and he doesn't get Jesus passing by and he doesn't get a miracle. And now he hears that Jesus, the healer, the one possibility of a hope that he might get set free has now been crucified. And all hope has been dashed. A few little rumours of some stuff that he may be still alive, but, but there's no evidence of it. And so he's there day to day just begging, asking for money. I, I'm in my same old situation, the same old challenge, the same old difficulty, the same old lameness. I can't move anywhere. And all of a sudden, so he's, he's asking for arms. And a, one who is filled with the spirit of Christ, the power of heaven, comes along and he says, hey, silver and gold I don't have. <sighs> But what I have, I give you. And it, the Bible says that he gets hold of his hand as he declares that word in the name of Jesus Christ. He pulls him up. And as he pulls him up, it says that his hands and his feet became strong and he's able to stand. I love the description of it then. In verse eight, and he, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. I don't, I, this sort of fell flat in the first service, but I, just, I don't think it was a big thing here in the States. But it, when I was growing up, we had this song about Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He asked them for arms and he held out his palms and this is what Peter would say. And then it went, you know, shared the whole story. And then the, the chorus was, and he went walking and leaping and woo, praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. You know, if you got healed after being a cripple for 40 years, you would think you'd be like, yeah, woo, glory, yeah, woo. You wouldn't be like, oh, bless you, brother. Thank you so much for praying that wonderful prayer. I feel so good now. And they'd be like, whoa. Oh, I am sorry, Jet. I am very sorry. But listen, he's walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Explosion of the Holy Spirit. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded when was the last time that someone around you was utterly astounded by what happened through you? Come on, may that be our testimony every day as the river of God breaks forth. And they ran together to them in the portico called Solomon. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or holiness or piety, we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his son and servant. That's what the word means. It might be defined as servant in yours, but it's son or servant. Son and servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. 
To this we are witnesses. And by his name, by faith in his name, he has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Jump down to uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrect from, from the dead. Oh, Lord, may our experience of you, may our theology of you never get us annoyed with what you're doing. They didn't, have the, they didn't like their theology. So the fact that there's a guy leaping and walking and praising and that they know has been around for 40, you know, has been sick that way for 40 years, and they're not happy about that. They're angry because it doesn't fit their theology. Jesus, help us. And they arrested him, them, and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with all the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name? Notice power and name, the same, that's the same thing. By what power or name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we, were being, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no other name. For there is no other name among heaven, under heaven, given among men by which we must be saved, healed, delivered, set free. Come on. It's a glorious gospel. And I, I love Peter's response because what he understands is because that now because they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, what he's beginning to understand is that he has something that is more powerful than gold and silver. That he has something that is going to be able to release life. That he has something. He's not lack. You know, there's no situation, there's no scenario, there's no challenge, there's no difficulty in your life where you do not have the resources to fulfill what God's calling you to do. It's in heaven, the glory of God. And so Peter's saying, I don't have this, but what I do have, I give you. And what does he have? Well, he has the name of Jesus. What is the name of Jesus? Well, let's just unpack that for a minute. The name of Jesus, we can see from uh, chapter four, verse 10, where, where Peter says, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, etc., by him, this man is standing before you. The name of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ are the same thing. You're right? The name of Jesus isn't like this little tagline or a little magic spell that we cast. The name of Jesus is Jesus. It's a description of Jesus. It's another way of saying Jesus. It is, and what it represents is the character, the nature, the power, and the authority of Jesus, right? So to, so to declare, when Peter's saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what he's declaring is, in the nature, in the character, in the power, and in the authority of the resurrected King, the righteous one, the author of life, the one who God has raised from the dead, in the name of Jesus, ah, rise up and walk, by the power and the authority of Jesus. 
And he exercises that authority. He's carrying that, that power. He's carrying the name of Jesus, the name that is above every, every other name. We are in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says, is that, as I said earlier, that Christ is in us, that we're in Christ, that we are carrying the name of Jesus. We are in the name of Jesus. We are carrying the nature and the power and the character and the authority of Jesus. And we are in it. We're not on the outside looking in, but we're Jesus, because we're in Christ, we're within Jesus. And so sometimes we can pray like this, you know, we can take the name of Jesus and we take him as a little add-on. Like, I want my prayer to be blessed, so I'm going to just throw out, I pray that you would bless them in Jesus' name. And it's kind of like this little thing, that we, a little tagline that we add on. Or, or we can think, well, it's like some kind of incantation, some kind of mantra that we have to say. You know, when I was growing up, we had, um, I used to watch every now and again, uh, this a TV program, it was a kid's cartoon program called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah? Well, what, I don't remember all of it, but the thing that I remember was the bad, I think he was the baddie, he would say, by the power of Skull." Was that right? By the power of Grayskull. And he would sort of make this declaration by the power of Grayskull. Whatever Grayskull was, I, I can't remember. But that was the thing. When he said that, something changed. But the thing is, he was outside calling on this thing, this power. That's not who Jesus is. Sometimes we treat him like that. Sometimes we treat ourselves like the Harry Potter. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to wave my wand over you and... Instead of saying abracadabra, I'll just say, in the name of Jesus, and something majestic will happen. Majestic. I went all kiwi on you for a minute. I don't know why I just did. It's not, it's not that. It's not that we're calling on a power outside of us. Peter and John are in Christ. And they're calling, they're declaring, they're speaking from within Christ Jesus in the power, in the authority, in the nature, in the character of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And he's declaring it. In England, we have this phrase, if you're a policeman, you know, they don't carry guns, they carry sticks. Uh, most of them anyway. Right, and so what they do, they, you may have heard this, and you know, they would say, stop in the name of the law. If they catch someone doing something, you know, a criminal, maybe he's breaking into a, a house and he starts to run off the, the command, the charge is stop in the name of the law. You ever seen that on TV? What are they saying there? They're not saying that the law in and of itself has a name. What they're saying is that the power and authority that the law carries, they're saying stop in that power and authority. That's the legally defined whole. Remember, the authority works within a legally defined whole structure. The Constitution of the United States is the ultimate authority given by the people. That's, if there's any doubt about whether something's legal or not, we refer back to the Constitution, right? In England, there's a, there's a whole set of rules and regulations under the Queen, and it's in the name of the law. The law is the thing that carries the authority, that gives the authority. Now, in heaven, there's the constitution of heaven, which is the will of God. Jesus came and he said, I'm only doing what I see my Father doing. That wasn't just because he was obedient, which is part of what it was, but it was also because that 
He understood the authority structure and his authority was delegated to him by the Father and so his authority came from doing the will of the Father. If he didn't do the will of the Father, he wouldn't have authority, right? The Father's delegated that to him. So, so we're saying Jesus, what Peter's saying, it stop, oh, sorry, rise up in the name of Jesus. It's not like the name of Jesus is a magic formula. It is the name of Jesus is the power and the nature and the authority of all that Jesus represents. Move in, move. It's not a magic formula. But Jesus does go on to say at various other points, he says that, that, well, we see this in this story, that there's healing in the name of Jesus, in the character and nature of Jesus. There's provision in the character and nature of Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, 20, uh, 23, he says, sorry, 13, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in accordance with my character and my will and my, and, 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 um, my authority and my power, that I will do. John 16, 24, until now you've asked for nothing in my name, my character, my, my nature, my power, my authority. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be full. Mark 16, verse 7. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. They will, not, they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's not like you drink some poison and go, oh, quick, quick, my antidote. Uh, 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 let's just say five in the name of Jesus and we'll be okay. It's not like a, a magic formula that we have to kind of incant. It's just, we're in his name. We're in his power. We're in his authority. I don't recommend drinking poison. We're in his name. And so Peter, he's saying, what I have, I'm going to give you. What I have is the power and the authority and the character of Jesus. And that character and authority and power heals. So everyone goes loopy, as you could imagine. Everyone's going absolutely crazy and very excited. Verse 12, Peter says this, why do you stare at us? as if somehow we made this happen, as if it was something to do with our goodness and our holiness and, and our, you know, our ability. It's not anything to do with our ability. Our holiness and our purity hasn't bought us this. Jesus has bought us this. Now, our sin and our shortcomings create open doors for the enemy that, we can, that can impact and limit our authority. But our power and our goodness doesn't increase our authority. Our authority comes from Jesus Christ. Authority is delegated. And then in verse, uh, chapter uh, 44, verse 13, we didn't get to read this, but it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Authority comes from Jesus. Authority doesn't come from our holiness or our purity. It does in our own effort. It also doesn't come from our own theology or our own good, good understanding of things. These men were uneducated and untrained, but they had one qualifier. They'd been hanging out with Jesus. My, my desire is that that would be your reputation. Whether you're smart or not smart doesn't really make a difference, but what people would look at your life and go, there's something different about them. They must have been hanging out with Jesus. And so that's, that's our authority. How do we access that? Well, we access that authority, which is true for all of us, by the way, if we're in Christ Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. Before we were in Christ Jesus, it was God and Jesus together 
angels, demons, us and the world. In Christ Jesus, we have now been put into God. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. So it's us, sorry, it's God, Jesus, us, angels, demons, world. That's a really important distinction because we're in Christ Jesus. We're not at the bottom trying to work our way up. We're actually at the top in Christ Jesus, in the authority and the power of heaven, called to serve, called to love, not called to, to rule over people, but we are in a place of victory. But we have to exercise faith. So let's look at verse uh, 16. 16 says this, the verse three of chapter three. By his name, Jesus, by faith in Jesus, has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health. It's faith in the name of Jesus that makes a difference. You know, you can have authority, but if you don't exercise authority, your authority doesn't do you any good. In fact, if you have authority and you don't exercise, if you were a policeman and you had the authority to stop crime, but you didn't, you would actually be called into question and be told you weren't doing very good with your job. Right? Because authority is given, the expectation when authority is given is that we exercise that authority within the legal framework. And, and, and so Paul, uh, Peter's saying it's by, it's by faith in Jesus, that is the qualifier, but the faith that comes, that comes through Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not our own faith, but it's the faith that comes because we're in Christ Jesus and the Father through the Holy Spirit releasing faith to us. Faith comes through us and that faith causes the world around us to change. The world around us won't change if we don't exercise our authority. We have a choice whether to exercise it or not. The more we exercise it, the more our faith grows. The more our faith grows, the more we exercise our authority. The more we're trustworthy with the authority that God gives us, the bigger the sphere of responsibility to exercise that authority God gives us. And we exercise it by our words. You know, Jesus says this really, really fascinating thing in, in uh, John chapter 14, around about verse 12, 13, around there. Just before he says, you know, you're going to do greater works than I'm going to do. He says, well, Peter, uh, sorry, Philip says to him, hey, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough. And he says, Philip, don't you know that, uh, that I and the Father are one? If you don't believe me on, on um, Believe me on account of my work. Don't, if you don't believe me on my words, believe me on account of my works. The words that I speak is the Father doing his works. Jesus spoke, and in Jesus speaking in the will of God, it was the Father doing his business, doing the work. We know from creation, this creation story, is that God spoke things into being. Let there be light. Let there be be separation between the heavens and the earth. Let there be. And he spoke it by the eternal word, Jesus. And, and that was his work. Because then it says, later on in uh, chapter one or two, it says that he rested from his work. Well, he hadn't been working other than speaking. Jesus, he's saying, the work, the words that I speak are the Father doing his works within me. So he's carrying this authority and the power of heaven. And as he speaks and he makes declarations, what's happening is that the Father, because it's in the will of the Father, the Father is working on Jesus' behalf and doing his works. So it's coming out of our mouths. It's the declaration that we make. You know that you have great power and authority to speak and to declare things. 
We, can, we have authority over sin, we have authority over sickness, we have authority over disease, we have authority over the demonic, we have authority over the natural realm. Yesterday, as I'm sort of meditating on this, as I'm thinking it through the last couple of days, I, you know, we have a, a property that has a, quite a few trees, has a creek down the back, has lots of sort of dry, um, moist areas, wet areas. I know we don't like using that word, apparently. Um, in, um, in around, and it's like a mosquito heaven, like you can't go out for more than three minutes without getting eaten alive. But I'm, I was out in the garden, the yard all day yesterday, weeding and doing other things. And I went out last night to a park with the girls to take some photos. And, 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 I'm, and I made this declaration. Mosquitoes, this is my land. You will not bite me. Seems a bit trite, doesn't it? But I hate being bitten by mosquitoes. Right? going to get an amen. Right. And I, I'm like, but you know, the Bible says that I have authority. And so my, my declaration was mosquitoes, you will not bite me and you will not bite anyone that comes on this property. And I am very glad to say, and I went to this park last night and made the same declaration and I saw a mosquito land on me, but it didn't bite me. And I didn't get bitten once by a mosquito at all yesterday. Maybe one at the very end of the night, but it didn't last for very long. We have snakes on our property. We've had in the past with copperheads. And I'm, you know, I'm like, this is my property. You are not allowed on here. Here's the thing, right? We, we, we love our personal space in this country, don't we? We love ours to be ours. You know? So we, what happens is, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever you know, you've been around to, in, you're hiking through the woods and all of a sudden you come across this sign that says, no trespassing, keep out. Trespassers will be eaten by the dog. Trespassers will be shot. Trespassers, whatever, right? And, and we, the person that owns that piece of land is basically saying, this is mine. No one else is allowed on it unless I say so. And if you're on there as a trespasser, you're in trouble, right? Well, the, my land, mosquitoes trespassing. You're not coming on this land, mosquitoes. Well, you can come, but you're not going to bite. I'm, what I'm doing, it's a strange example maybe, but I'm learning, I'm teaching, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me to exercise my authority. To not tolerate the things that I would have tolerated. I could say, well, I can, I, I can give you 15 reasons why having mosquitoes in my, ha- in my, root, my area is going to be reasonable, na- rational and natural. But I don't have to put up with them. That's what I'm learning. Sickness, I don't have to put up with sickness because it's already been paid for on the cross by the blood of Jesus. I don't have to put up with sin because Jesus says I'm an overcomer and I've already won the victory. I don't have to put up with bad weather, hurricanes and things that will destroy life. I have authority in Christ Jesus, not because of my own authority, but because of the power of heaven on the inside of me as, and I know the will of God. And as I declare and operate in the will of God, I get to see God move and change the world around me. We put up with a lot sometimes. If you're anything like me, I put up with a lot. This is just the way it is. I've got back pain. I have mosquitoes in my yard. 
I struggle with this. I don't have quite enough. Or I've got this. I'm, I'm focused on my lack and I'm tolerant of my lack. Right? But the authority and the power of heaven says that everything that I need is found in Christ Jesus. And that I have been delegated authority in, the, in accordance with the will of God. And I, please hear me, I'm not preaching about triumphalist and everything is going to be wonderful and you're going to be rich and famous and your life is going to be beautiful. Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And what I'm wanting to do and learn more and more, and for us as a people and as a community, is to learn more and more that we are actually carrying the authority of heaven and that we exercise that delegated authority of heaven, where we actually exercise authority over sickness. You know, we've got a story to tell in a couple of weeks' time when we've got all the right uh, people back to tell the story of somebody that got healed from a brain tumour. I want that. Not just a one-off. I want that as a commonplace amongst all of us. It's faith that connects us to the reality of what Jesus has already done for us. And so listen, please, if you're struggling with sickness, please don't hear me say it's your fault. I don't know why we don't see the breakthrough. I prayed at the end of the last service. For, we, we prayed for people and we didn't see many people get healed. I don't know why we don't see breakthrough, but what I do know is it's not the person's fault that's getting prayed for. What I do know is that every time we don't see somebody get healed, there's an invitation to press into more of the power and the authority of heaven to believe God for greater things. What I do know is that it's not our circumstances or our situation that should determine whether we have faith or not. It's the trust in the word of God and the truth of who he is that determines whether we have faith or not. And if we see it in the word, Smith Wigglesworth said, anything that you can, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, anything that you see in the Bible that is good, you can have it. So why would you not want it? Why would we not want healing? Why would we not want miracles? Why would we not want breakthrough? Why would we not want people being utterly astounded as we serve them by seeing them get healed from things that they've been suffering with for years and years and years? Why would we not want that? The other thing I feel like the Holy Spirit's been challenging me about is to, uh, is to release the angels. Erica James, one of our board members and, and, a, and a great uh, friend and, and great teacher and has a, uh, a number of non-profits, she says this, you know, there's, the Holy Spirit said to her, there's many, many people, sorry, there's many, many angels in heaven that remain un, unemployed because they're waiting for the people of God to step into their authority and then to send them on their mission. And I just going to wrap up. I, 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 I had this reminder of this prophetic word that Jeff Jansen gave in 2012 where he saw um, a number of corridors, including the I-40 in Raleigh. And, and, and he said that there was, the Lord was releasing five angels. Uh, I think I remember them. Great grace, breakthrough, revival, wisdom, healing, and winds of change. And Kathy Minarchik, who's one of our leaders here, she's often seen harvest angel that's here, angels of worship, angels on assignment, angels of provision. And the word from Jeff Jansen was that they're waiting for the people of God to rise up in their authority, in faith, and make declarations and act to see them move. 
And so I felt the Holy Spirit stirring me more and more and more to release the angels. Not because I worship the angels. No, the Bible just says that they are the ministering, the, the spirits that do the, what Father's bidding. They're ministering angels. They're flames of fire. And so they're designed for us. They're, 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 they have a mission from God for us. And so my desire and increasing my prayer is to speak to Harvest Angel and say, be released. Great grace, winds of change, breakthrough revival. Be released, go and do the Father's bidding. We need all the help we can get. Right? We don't need to shout at the devil. We don't need to, in fact, the farther up the chain of command that you go, the chain of command you go in authority structures in the world, the less you have to shout. It's the drill sergeant that's like, wah, 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 in your face. It's the general that says, do it. And it happens. So we don't have to get worked up and scream and shout and get, you know, like somehow that's going to help. No, we, we actually have authority. It's the faith that connects us to that authority. And we actually get to step into the reality of the glory of God on the inside of us that transforms everything. few weeks ago we were flying home from vacation and um, it was really late we'd been traveling for 38 hours at that point and um, there was a guy sitting behind me was an English guy who was talking about how you know he had a, a ruptured knee and he was coming over to uh, to be at a Y camp a YMCA camp and you know he was just getting getting better and I, I was sitting in my chair just really really tired and thinking, ah, oh, and I'm thinking, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, why don't you go and release my life to him? I'm like, ah, oh, there's all these people around. I'm just really tired. And I, so I thought, you know, what I'll do is I'll get up and I, when I get out of the plane, then I'll do something and I'll, I'll, I'll pray for him. But when I got out of the plane, he disappeared because I was desperate for the bathroom. So by the time I got out, he'd gone. When I went to the bank changer, he'd gone. Here's, uh, let me just make a confession to you. There was a moment, that moment, the whole of that plane could have been going, whoa, 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 God is amazing, God is amazing, how spectacular is he? And instead, I'm like, I'm too tired. I haven't got what it takes. And I'm like, Lord, that's going to fire me up. I don't want that. I can't live like that. I don't want to miss that opportunity. And I just feel the invitation from heaven. In fact, I want to invite you to stand. I, I feel the invitation from heaven. I was honestly disobedient in that moment. I know there's grace, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying, son, there's so much more for you. And there's a couple of things I want, I want us to do. One, the first one, I, I want us just to ask the Holy Spirit for boldness. Boldness to be obedient. Boldness to say, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have is powerful and good and I'm releasing it to you. Just ask the Holy Spirit for boldness right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd release boldness to us. We ask that you would release the spirit of boldness, that same spirit, the Holy Spirit that came and transformed the disciples from being fearful to being bold. Release it now. Lord, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how tired we are, no matter how 
much challenge or difficulty we have or how much we don't feel like it, Lord, I ask that you would release boldness to us, God. The second thing I felt like is that for some of us that we have, um, we need to sign an eviction notice. We have trespassers in our lives. We have things that we've tolerated, that we've put up with, that have been trespassing. It's time to sign the eviction papers. As in the shower, you know, that moment with Shrek. Shrek the first, and it says, you know, the three little pigs going, Lord Farquhar, he huffed and he puffed, and he signed the eviction notice. (laughs) It's time to sign the eviction notice. It's time to kick out those things that you've tolerated in your life. It's time to say, I'm no longer going to put up with this sickness. I'm no longer going to put up with headaches. I'm no longer going to put up, as Ash was praying last week about the night terrors. I'm no longer going to put up with the things that have been tormenting me. I'm no longer going to put up with, with the sin that's been in my life. I have the power and the authority of heaven on the inside of me. And I'm stepping into that authority. And I am kicking out the trespassers. Take a moment, take your pen in the spirit. Your finger, take a symbolic pen, just see a pen in your, in, your, in your mind's eye and sign the eviction paper. Sign it. I'm kicking out trespasses. Final thing I want to do is, is there anybody that's got any sickness in their body? I want you to put your hand up. Okay, if you've been listening, you will know that you are a powerful person, that you are full of the anointing of heaven. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to gather around that person. You could ask them what's wrong with them, but don't let what's wrong with them cause your faith to crash and burn. Okay? Ask what's wrong with them, but then here's what I want you to do. I don't actually, you can put your hand on them, but don't put your hand on them like it's an automatic, this is the thing that's gonna make it, didn't make the difference. The Bible says, yeah, put your, that if we lay our hands on the, the sick, they will recover. But Jesus also said that we could speak and mountains will move. And so if, put your hand up if you've got any sickness. And I want you, those of you gather around and I want you just to speak. And I want you to say to that mountain, move in Jesus' name. Sickness be gone in Jesus' name. Don't pray, declare. Don't pray and ask God to do something. Make a declaration and, and speak to that which is wrong. Speak to the, the, the thing that's out of alignment. Speak to call it back into alignment. Speak by the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak by the authority of heaven. Kingdom of God. Okay, now ask them, now check it. Just check it. Ask them, have you seen any change? Is there any difference? Can you notice anything? And if you can notice something, just lift your hand up and give me a wave. Awesome, Marina. Anyone else seen anything? Just give me a big wave if you've seen any change. A couple of people here. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now let's just go one more time. Again, just speak and declare it. We just declare right now the kingdom of God is here. Breakthrough is here. We, we say sickness, you're trespassing in Jesus' name. We command it to leave right now. Get out of, the bo- of their bodies, off their minds, off their emotions. Sickness, leave right now in Jesus' name. Go. Go. Be gone 
trespasses, we evict you now in Jesus' name. Come on, all de- demonic interference, all spirits of infirmity, leave now in Jesus' name. Now check it, give me a wave if you've seen anything, any, any change, any shift. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Honestly, that's about 5%. But I'll take it. And here's the thing I want us to, I want to just leave you with this. Again, don't let what we don't see stop us from pressing into what God has promised.